Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Paul, I'm jogging every morning down at the local park, and yesterday morning I walked right past my nemesis. Which nemesis? Oh, you're saying I have many. Nemesis? Nemesai. The guy from the party across the road. Yeah, yeah. That had left the notes and then he pulled them down because he said his grandchildren would be offended by the language. and They wouldn't even know what some of the words I used even meant. Ah, oh, shit. Dad, hang on one sec. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast where, frankly, we are allowed to go off topic before we even intro the show. I'm Paul, that's John, and Dad, actually the most pertinent thing that has come across our desks over the past week, um, in the interim between episodes, has been a bit of a follow-up to one of our stories, and that was that apparently the mystery of the summer to Nan has been solved. I don't know how conclusive this is, but we've had multiple listeners, and Tegan kind of passed this to me as well a couple of days ago. Basically, the Somerton man has apparently been wrapped up as a case after mm. 73 years. I don't, I don't know whether it's actually been wrapped up, but there's claims that they found the identity of the Somerton man. Did you read this story? I did, but isn't that the same guy we thought it was? Who did we think it was? I can't remember. Okay, well, but then some it probably guy. was. <laughs> probably wasn't. <laughs> okay, so effectively, a South Australian, and I'm reading this from a piece from The Guardian, although this is being covered in all major news outlets, a South Australian academic's claims to have identified Somerton Man as a 43-year-old electrical engineer from Melbourne could finally provide answers in one of Australia's most infamous cold cases. So the body was found leaning against the seawall on Somerton Beach, which is uh, just south of Adelaide, and that was in 1948, yeah? Mm. And one of the most annoying things about this case, Dad, is that I didn't find it inherently that interesting. I was struggling mm. to find this sort of the hook as to why an unidentified body captured people's imaginations. Mm. The Somerton Man became a kind of like a, like a catch-all, like a blank canvas upon which all kinds of mysterious possibilities could be painted. Was he a Cold War spy? Was he part of a tragic love story? The thing about this is, Dad, I don't mean to impugn the fine trade of uh, electrical engineer, but it's not—it's not very interesting, is it? I Paul, mean, Paul, I—I yeah. I, I, hate—I don't hate to say this, but in fact, I'm—I I don't hate at all. But I'm—I'm I'm very, very happy on this morning okay. to utterly concur with you. Okay, those—those uh, those thoughts crossed my mind path yeah. waves. <laughs> what was that? What? My mind path. Ways we all have them, uh-huh. they emanate well from most people's brains. Um, but then I started to think because we did we did a story on it, 
mm-hmm. it is who we thought it was. Yeah. Uh, because they'd, they'd, they'd used the same... They'd used some technology in America. They triangulated some DNA, you know, tracing through Ancestry.com and a couple of others that I find Ancestry.com slightly problematic. Would you uh, ever do it? No, never. But I'm, 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 I'm up shit creek without a paddle already because my brother's done it. And when someone in your family does it, you're fucked because we all share the same DNA. Right. And then... Your mother, uh huh, Christine. Yeah, she did it as well. What? Yeah, a few months ago. The harlot. Listen, did she no, find anything interesting out? Did she find anything? She found out some. T- to me, it's it's all very. Hang on, Tegan. Apparently, Mum did Ancestry.com, and apparently, she found out all the stuff. And Dad, Dad hasn't told us about. No, it. No, because I just. Hi, don't... everyone. <laughs> Tegan, what the? Tegan, are you a paid guest? No, Tegan's getting ready for work and she's oh. kind of coming in and out of the, of the studio. It. So, <laughs> love it. She's sneaking around. But seriously, Tegan, have you found out that you, if you, if you, okay, we're talking about the, the dicey prospect of using Ancestry.com to find out your lineage. And apparently, um, Dad's brother Mark did it mm. and Mum did it. Mm. And Dad, did you not, I mean, Tegan, would you want to find out what your relatives got up to? Oh, the thing with me is I already have a sneaking suspicion that my family history is boring as batshit, so I'm not giving anybody money to confirm that there was some, like, and he was a plumber in London. Like, I just don't give a shit. Tegan, people don't say plumber. That's a bird. A plumber. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. P-L-U-M-E-R. Dad reckons that P-L-U-M-E-R is a bird. Oh, God, Paul. Oh, Okay. Just Google it. Tegan's left the office. Okay, cool. Barely any of this is usable, but as is in keeping with the general tone of loose ends, we think it's important to maintain the honesty of this dialogue, so we're keeping it. Yeah. The Somerton man was kind of interesting initially because he was found, uh, he had a jacket and tie with the tags cut off, there were unused train and bus tickets, and there was a scrap of paper that said, Tamam should, which means finished in Persian. And... At the time, they thought he died of heart failure due to poisoning, possibly. Yeah, I thought he was a spy. Yeah, turns out he's just he's a well, just. I mean, look, well, yeah, he, and, and just 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 really, I don't I don't mean to diminish no, no. the life and times of the of the victim of this crime. Mm. I'm going to continue reading from the piece. Yep, and this is from the piece in the Guardian. Professor Derek Abbott from the University of Adelaide said on Monday he believes the man found on the 1st of December 1948 was Carl Charles Webb, a 43-year-old electrical engineer from Melbourne. South Australian police have not released a statement on the identity of the man or provided an update of their own investigation following the exhumation of the man's body last year. And then it goes on to talk about the DNA research, which ties back to what you were saying about Mm -hmm. Ancestry.com. Apparently he separated from his wife and potentially moved to SA maybe to track her down. And then they're talking about how amazing this mystery is. It's kind of not. I mean, this kind of kills it. It, The annoying thing about solving mysteries is that once they're solved, Mm. sometimes the outcome is not as thrilling as you'd hoped. No, but Paul, here's the question. Yeah. Is it solved? Well, maybe not. Is it? Maybe not. I mean, but look, it's a lot more interesting if you can sort of populate... Agree the unknown areas of this story with incredible mm, facts, mm. which as it turns out have been debunked. So. Well, it's one, of, one of the sort of anti-climaxes that I'm surprised, it's it's kind of interesting, but he was wearing a piece of clothing that had a label, it had a name on it, 
that that name turns out to be a relative. It was a hand me down. Okay. So okay. Uh, it's an open and shut case. Sure. We need uh, to move on. Yeah, we do need to move on very quickly. Something has uh, happened that I'm quite excited about. Every week, The Guardian, the newspaper, mm. has a piece called The 10 Funniest Things I Have Ever Seen on the Internet. And they get in a comedian, author, actor, writer, celebrity to come in and basically list the 10 things they think are extremely funny. And on this week's installment, it's me. So, Paul, this is a scoop and I didn't know it and congratulations. Thanks. If you head to The Guardian, you can read Paul Verhoeven, the funniest things I've seen on the internet. And it's, look, it's a list of the 10 funniest things that I've seen on the internet in years. I think there's some really, really good stuff on there. And then at the end, it uh, links to where you can grab Electric Blue. It links to the podcast. That's lovely. So, lovely. Yeah. <clears throat> Paul, did you mention any of the funny things I've done on the internet? No, but that's because I have trouble picking just one. You're very sweet, and that's a bullshit answer, but thank you. <laughs> I will now, look. <clears throat> I'd like to just quickly recommend one of the things here in particular, and that is uh, there is a film called Armageddon. It is a Michael Bay action film about a bunch of miners who are sent to destroy an asteroid before it hits Earth. You know, it came out in the 90s, it had that Aerosmith song. Everyone knows this film, it's a piece of crap. Anyway, Ben Affleck was at the height of his kind of early career powers, and he's in the film as the romantic, heroic lead. And then they do the DVD audio commentary, and in one of the most beautiful moments, he sits there just for probably three or four minutes hanging shit on the film and how outrageous it is. So I've popped that in there. There's some really great stuff. In fact, there's a video in there from Mark Rebier, the uh, the guy that we like who does the layering of samples, and mm. we were meant to go to his gig. Are we still going to a... Yes. Okay. Is Got that still tickets. happening? Yep. Early next okay. year. I think he's currently playing in Berlin. He's huge. Anyway... Now, what he's actually hoping- he's not huge. He's actually diminutive in stature. Small boy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, Paul, on a serious yes. note, yeah, there's a bit of a mystery happening in Sydney. Is there? Hmm. And it's very perplexing. And it's there's a word in the story that really caught my attention. And the word that the police have used, might I add, the homicide squad have used the word unusual I've never seen that before never heard that used in relation to a mystery wind it back is this a active case very very active so uh, it's it's a weird one um, one of my stocks in trade or my stock in trade when I was in particularly in fingerprints mm-hmm. um and shout out to a fingerprint expert who listens, who's in Melbourne, uh, who I'm hoping to hook up with, and she's going to give us some some hot goss from the Melbourne scene okay. of past fingerprint crime, which is exciting. But uh, I, I, I was involved in countless uh, cases where I would be called into uh, a building, an apartment. Worse, of course, summertime because things are accelerated. You know, the body's become fly-blown. Um, you know, lots of parts of the body are eaten eaten out like the eyeballs. Um, it's pretty, pretty pretty messed up. So what's actually ha- what, what has actually happened? Start from the very top. Okay, well, a resident... Yes. ...smelt something terrible. There was concern for welfare. The, the right. landlord, uh, it's in a suburb called um, Canterbury. Yep. In Sydney. Mm-hmm. And is this an apartment block? It's an apartment yeah. block, and 
the the landlord had not been paid rent for six weeks. Okay. So think about that that term, that time. And when they went into this apartment, the first thing that would have hit them would be just a an overwhelming wave of of just the the, the stench. Yeah. Would have been appalling. And what they found in one room were two beds. And on those beds, on each bed, was a deceased female. The state of their their bodies would have been scary. And for a little while, they didn't release any details. We've known about it for a few weeks. And then yesterday, mm-hmm. they released their names. And... It's a it's two Saudi Arabian sisters and they're aged twenty two and twenty three and they've um they've released photographs of them. Mm-hmm. So they were found I mean that is incredibly weird that two sisters now there's no sign of any break in. It's a real mystery. And here is where it gets Really interesting. The devil's in the detail in these stories. Mm-hmm. They 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 publish a short story, and of course, with my background and 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 you too, Paul, we've been doing this for a long time. When the police described the scene as unusual, uh, that that piqued my interest. The second thing that the homicide squad have said, I mean, the fact that the homicide squad are involved is is pretty pretty full on like that's you don't just call the homicide squad out okay so there are obviously things that are amiss now here's a very interesting point to this story the police have refused to give any details of what the two girls did for five years they've been here they will not discuss their occupations, which immediately... I was jogging on the Oval this morning, thinking about this case. And, of course, I, what, what I like to do with these cases, Paul, is you get the information available and you... I, what I like to do is think about the first things, the obvious things that come to my mind. And because of my background, I've come up with a few ideas. And another thing that's really unusual about this case so far is that the family have been notified in Saudi Arabia and they are not going to come out to Australia. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So just based on that, what, what are your thoughts, Paul? I don't know. I mean, Saudi Arabia is a part of the world with a... Boy, it's complicated... Mm. Completely fucked human rights record. To, I mean, major to, golf tournament happening there. Well, yeah, but any major sports event happening in that part of the world is mm. fucked and should not be supported. But look, it's a it's a real can of worms. Mm. I mean, it's entirely possible they were doing something that the family did not, um, yep. uh, you know, kind of ethically support. Mm. It's also possible that they were. I mean, God, the the possibilities are endless. They could have been do- doing something kind of extremely sus that the family has to disavow. They could yep. have been. It could be political, it could be religious, it could be... Um, th- don't you think it's unusual that the police are not prepared to discuss what they did for a living, the occupations, which makes me, yeah, unfortunately, sorry, but I think I tend to sort of go into dark places. Uh, and then, of course, now if they're they not... Had, if they had political connections, then it, was, it would be uh, a very bad idea to uh, name what they did for international relations, I don't True. know. I, mm. You know, it's fascinating. I mean, it's just it's a double, and and the police also, and and you know, this is just quoting from the the press. They're not ruling out a double suicide or a double murder or a murder yeah. suicide, yeah, because the murder suicide is also a possibility. So we have three possibilities, and I think it's an interesting case, and I think we need to uh, to sort of at least keep the listeners um, updated. With any uh, developments, and on a really, really weird note, digressing almost completely, mm-hmm. Paul, you and the listeners know that I deal in antiques. Yes. You recall the story about the infamous rug that was rolled up <laughs> that you think had a body in it. Yeah. Well, it came from a building opposite where we live that is also the residence of a well-known and somewhat controversial politician, okay? Mm-hmm. And this particular politician has been in and out of the news for the last few years. So, that's the apartment that I found, the incredible Persian rug, yeah. that I, when I saw it, I got the ute, everyone knows the story, got it home, rolled it out, discovered maggots, which is unusual, yeah. and we then hypothesized. Okay, Two nights ago, uh, I get a phone call mm-hmm. from a woman, and she says to me, she sends me a photograph of a lamp, and this lamp, believe you me, is incredible. It's the only one of its type I've ever seen 
in my life, which is dealing in antiques, 40 years. Mm-hmm. I was super excited. I said, and I, and I quoted on this rare lamp, and bearing in mind Christine's overseas, I'm here by myself, and I always say to people, what suburb are you in? Because I need to factor that in to my quote. Because if, if they're sort of living in Wollongong, which is 100 kilometres away, or in the Blue Mountains or Newcastle, you obviously have to factor that into the, to the quote. Well, it's okay. going to cost a lot of money to get there. A lot of money. And, and time. time. Half a day. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, I'm, and she said to me, she said, oh, I live in a city. I said, oh, that's great. I said, what suburb? She said, uh, I, I, I don't necessarily want to sort of explain in great detail where I live, but let's just say that she's in the same suburb and get ready for this, listeners. Mm-hmm. She's in the same street. She lives directly opposite. I'm talking, I walk out of the front of our building i walk across the road into her apartment okay now think about the the probability of that because it's a big city Mm. narrow it down think about it and then when i arrive at the apartment and she was very very security conscious she didn't give me the unit number i had to wait downstairs she came downstairs took me up to this extraordinary apartment with views over the harbour. Wow, really exciting. And she said to me very offhandishly, very sweetly, and I'm, I'm drooling when I see this lamp, it's so incredibly rare and beautiful that I just... It's sad what I did, which I'll come to in a sec, but then she said, oh, oh, there are two of them. A pair of these lamps. In terms of value, what does that add? It's exponential. If they, not, were made, if they were made as a pair, then they I guess were. what it means is... Now, that, okay, okay. the thing about these lamps is that they've got what's called a triple barley twist, mm-hmm. which is unheard of. Sure. Would, would you like to put a photograph of them on even a part of the twist on the Facebook page? Look, I guess. I yeah, think okay. they're, they're, these, are, these are super rare. I can hand on heart, and spoiler alert, I've already shown them to quite a few people. No one in the, in the trade... Yeah. No one has ever seen anything like them. People have come up to these lamps and literally fondled and caressed the barley twists. <laughs> Do you want to hear the saddest thing? Uh, that was pretty sad, but go ahead. I, 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 I bought the two lamps. Yeah. Not only are they the most extraordinary lamps, and I know I am prone to verbosity, but they have the most... I've got to expand my my repertoire of words, honestly. Oh dear! But anyway, I mean, I do listen back to the podcast, and I sit there, and I can it just I think, John, why didn't you come up with some more descriptive words? But I get I get excited. These had the most beautiful handmade shades. Listeners, picture me. It's night time, and I mean night time. It's about eight thirty. I have just conducted a transaction of all the places in this city. It's directly opposite where we live, I walked the two lamps across the road. I carried them into our building. I then hunted around for some globes and I set them up. I dimmed all the lights of which, because, you know, I don't like using ceiling lights, Paul. 
<laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, you're like creating a light story around the space. I get Great. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a very, it's, very, it's very Scandinavian. It also breaks the room up. As opposed to being just one big flooded, light flooded box, you can yes. turn it into a bunch of discrete spaces. Love no, it. I get it. Love get your it. work. So I set the lamps up. I, I just pulled up a chair. I've only got one chair. And I admired them. And I took lots and lots of photographs of them. And I really wanted to keep them. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty big. And then, of course, Christine said, "You know, we're not we're not keeping them because she has the ultimate decision about what we keep and don't." And I put them into the storage facility. Then I took them yesterday to an auction house, and people, when I was getting them out of like the back of the Ute yeah. on the street, mm. dealers were coming up to me, and literally, they were they were just quite in awe. These are exceptional. And what I, why I touched on the triple barley twist sort of carvings, they're hand-carved, yeah. and I think they're Australian from the 1940s. Huh, okay. But they have opposing twists, which means the twists on one lamp go up to the right and the, on the other off to the left, which means when you put them as a pair, they complement each other, but they're not identical. So, yeah. Um, it's just it's like having two spiral staircases in a house. They're just they're magnificent. They are they're sexy. They're beautiful. Yeah. And I will lament the day I I got rid of them. And I hope they kick ass at auction. Yeah, me too. Me so, too. It's exciting, so, Paul. I one mean, day I hope. One day I hope we can all fondle those twists. What a fucked note to finish an episode on. Anyway. Look, I think that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends, but Dad, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. We have covered probably enough for several episodes, but we really did sort of rush through a sort of sushi train of weird stuff. But I, I absolutely... I... Actually, can I just say this to you and the listeners? Yeah, of I, I had a... Christine's away. Yeah. I had the most terrible, terrible dream last night. Do you want to hear it? Uh, yeah, let's add let's add it to the ball. No, Go but on. seriously, it was so fucked up, but very, very weird. I, I think it's fair to say a lot of my dreams are actually quite bizarre. But where we lived was a, like a town, and it was about to be invaded, and everyone was hanging off these ropes, okay? Not by the neck. They're holding onto these ropes on cliffs, and people were literally falling. Sure. I managed to get this little wooden boat... But it was motorised, like it had wheels. And Christine and I started heading out of town. I had to stop at a petrol station and it was raining. We're sitting, <laughs> we're leaving this town that's about to be destroyed, like, completely. And I looked at Christine and she was dripping wet. And we both felt really depressed. And I said, did you manage to get the painting? And she had this tiny little watercolour painting that was on one of the cross bars that you sit on in a little dinghy, bearing in mind this is a motorised dinghy. So when we pulled into the service station, because all the fuel depots are shutting down because it's, it's a war, and I looked down at this tiny little watercolour and because it was raining, all the paint was running on it and that was the only thing that we'd managed to salvage that we took with us. You know how when you leave something that's, you know, like war-torn, you just grab all your 
possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina had grabbed this little watercolour that then, because it was raining, just basically all the paint ran off the page. And that's that's where the dream ended. I mean, analyse that. Now, I understand because I went back to the apartment opposite where we live yesterday yeah. because they've got a lot more stuff for sale, which is, uh, believe you me, it's a whole episode. But I was using my magnifying glass. <laughs> Paul? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a special ma- magnifying glass. I, I have know. A, I have a, I, no, I but I have, I, have a, I, have a, I have a plethora of magnifying glasses and I, I look at them before I go out on a job and I, I hand... I, I handpick one glass, depending on the sort of the vibe of the house. Mm-hmm. What what what, depending on the impression I want to give. You know, some of look. I have a whole collection, and I remember yesterday I spent quite a bit of time at this apartment looking through my magnifying glass at their paintings. So I I can kind of tie that back into the the dream. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it the motorized boat, like just a little old dinghy with that had a a petrol engine and four wheels. I'm just curious as to how every time we we go to end an episode, it occurs to you to tell a story about a dream you had. <laughs> it's becoming a bit of a pattern. Sorry. A pattern. Uh, no, no, please don't apologize. No, but I'm it's just, just that if I don't say it, I'll forget yeah, it. And my mind is like a, you know, it's like that, that the, the lotto kind of spinning ball, you know, mm-hmm. they're blowing all the balls and one ball pops out and it might be, it's got a bit of a, you know, a story to it, that particular ball. But if the ball goes back into the thing before the number's read, it's gone. Every week, Dad, on Loose Units, we tell horrifying true crime stories. And then at the end, I try and explain what Loose Ends is. And I try and say, look, we go off topic a little bit. I think this week we have peaked in terms of our ability to go so far off topic. We're off the goddamn map, but I've had a really good time doing I love so. It. It's so good. And also, if you are a new listener and this is your first episode, but really sorry, please go back and listen to the actual, you know, normal uh, scheduled programming, really, because the show is. This is a true crime podcast where I talk with Dad, who used to be a cop, about incredible true crime. That's what the show is. Loose Ends is a spin-off where we vent. And we've had a really great time doing so. We hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much all for reaching out once again. Don't forget to go across to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It takes like 10 seconds and it lasts forever. People see these things into perpetuity. And also, the more ratings and reviews you give it, and the more five-star ratings you give it, the more people will listen and the more friends you will have. So don't forget to do that. Don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Don't forget to go to Booktopia and, for God's sakes, buy a copy of Electric Blue right now. Buy it for your friends and family. Do it. Makes you more attractive physically and spiritually. And there we Paul, go. And, Paul, um, during the week you posted a, a video of this incredible lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Will I get to have a go of it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got my childhood lightsaber built by a prop master in the States. So if Incredible. you want to see that video, you know what? I'm going to post that on the Facebook page as yeah, well. It's, it's, it's exciting. I'm going to do that right now. And everyone's going to call me a big nerd. I don't care because it's true. Thank you so much for listening to Loose Units, Loose Ends. I'm Paul Verhoeven. That's John Verhoeven. Have a great weekend. And we will see you next week for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.